Hey, I'm Ashley Ray, and welcome to Earwolf Presents, featuring an episode of my show, TV I Say. Each week, Earwolf Presents brings you a new episode from the Earwolf universe of podcasts. And today, I am honored to share an episode of my show, TV I Say. We're going to be talking about the latest things we've been watching. Everything from P-Valley to Below Deck to The Bear to A League of Their Own. You see, TV I Say is a hangout sitcom of a podcast. It's me, my friends, my favorite actors, comedians, writers, coming together to talk about the TV shows that inspire us, that made us who we are, and most importantly, that we've been watching this past week. Uh, Because we know you are also a TV addict. And if you are, you want to come join TV Club. And we're going to help you do that with some of the best TV recommendations from me, Ashley Ray, uh, noted TV critic and TV writer, TV expert. You know, you can trust me. You can trust my TV opinions. That's what matters. And this week, I am joined by two amazing friends, John Hodgman and David Reese, the co-creators and co-stars of Dicktown on FX. Uh, You probably know John Hodgman and David Reese from so many other things. Uh, But this week, they're joining me to talk about some pretty out there shows. Have you heard of Frogging? We're going to get into it with you. We're also going to get into the details of Dicktown, their generational bridging show uh, that that is one of my favorite adult animated comedies of the last year. If you haven't watched it, you're going to want to watch it after you listen to this episode. This is what TV Club is all about. It's about the ways TV brings us together. I mean, John and I, that's how we became friends, as you'll hear in the episode. Ooh, it's, it's, a, it's a juicy story, and it does involve Twitter beef. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Uh, but that's what TV I Say is all about. It's about celebrating all things TV, the ways it brings us together, introducing people to new ideas, new thoughts, new cultures. So join TV Club. All you got to do is subscribe. Wherever you listen to your podcast, go go find this one, TV I Say with Ashley Ray, and then subscribe to it and then start listening to it. You're going to want to go back. Go check out the first season. We've had amazing guests like Seth Rogen, Nicole Byer, Roxanne Gay, This season, we've had Phoebe Robinson, Dan Perlman, so many funny, funny people who are going to introduce you to some of the best TV you could ever watch. So if you're one of those people who's like, I love television. I've watched it all. What else is there? I never know what to watch. TV, I say, has got your back. Come join us. Thank you so much for listening. Another episode, another episode. Welcome back to TV I Say with me, Ashley Ray, your host, your favorite TV critic, your favorite TV writer person, just overall general knowledgeable TV person. I'm back with another episode of TV I Say, your favorite hangout sitcom of a podcast, where I'm going to talk about all the TV I love, all the things that have been making me excited with some of your favorite TV people. Today, I have John Hodgman and David Reese, the creators and stars of Dicktown, uh, one of my favorite animated adult sitcoms that's that's come out recently. It's on FX. So we're going to get into it with them. We're going to talk about all the shows I watch and the generational gap there. Uh, we get into Below Deck. John's a huge fan. It's going to be really fun. And we're going to talk about Frogging this new Lifetime show about people who secretly live in your walls in your attic and how it terrified me. But it is my mom's new favorite show. So we're going to get into it today. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of TV I Say. Today, my wonderful guests are the amazing John Hodgman and David Reese, the writers, Voice actors, comedians, the two creative voices, basically, behind Dicktown. You're the only two people who write the show, I believe, right? This is so. Correct. I concur. <laughs> Didn't occur to us that we could have asked someone else to do it. That would have made it easier. <laughs> oh, well. Next time, maybe. Do you enjoy being each other's only writing partners? Is it a, a good balance? Wow. Or do right you fight the, like the, the two on the show? Stuff. I mean... I mean, you you put it on the table. I'm gonna tell you, it's been it's been fraught. It's been fraught. <laughs> it's been fun. No, I mean, it's been fun. It's been the opposite of fraught. Total fun. It's the only person that I've ever written with e- ever for any length of time. And David and I have been friends for a couple of decades, 
and very much sort of solo artists. Um, But when we started talking about this idea, we both, we both, it it clicked and we've had a wonderful time working together and writing on it. Yeah. It's, I think, brilliant. It's one of the, my favorite shows of this year. I I just caught this first and second season. Yeah. I, I started watching it and I was like, how come nobody told me about this? Where, where was, you know, where was it? Where I'm in love with it. I watched all of it in like two days. Uh, I absolutely love the dynamic between John uh, Hunchman in the show and David Purefoy, uh, your characters. Yeah, those are just some uh, random names we chose <laughs> that have nothing to do with the fact that the characters are essentially extensions of us. And it is kind of our relationship. I'm kind of an insufferable dweeb. <laughs> Uh, and da- and David is a lovable bully. Yeah, and you know who doesn't <laughs> love just a case of the week you know, kind of Scooby Doo s mystery? It's it's the perfect show for those of you for those of your listeners who might not know, and I would count that to be all of them. <laughs> Dicktown is a show on Hulu, animated, in which I play a character who was a a famous boy detective when he was a teenager. And now is a middle-aged man who is still solving mysteries for teenagers at the beginning of the show. And is very pathetic. And David Reese plays David Purefoy, who was my character's childhood bully and arch nemesis, who is now also sort of failed to thrive and living in our hometown of Richardsville, North Carolina, a.k.a. Dicktown. And is sort of my only friend and my driver and my hired muscle. And we solve mysteries for, for teens at first and then later for more adult people. The show gets into, I think, some really interesting uh, conversations around different generations, uh, how you guys kind of deal with these teenagers. We're going to get into all of that. Yeah, we'll get into all of that. We'll get into all of it. My prediction? We'll get into all of it. Yeah. Good prediction. See, this is the kind of insight that that makes Dicktown so brilliant. (laughs) That's right. But first, we're going to go through my watch list. Let's see. Let's see if you watch any of the things I, you know, this young millennial watch. Uh, Let's see. You know? First up, Resident Alien just premiered its second part, starring Alan Tudyk as an alien who's hiding amongst humans on Earth. It's on sci-fi. It's really good. I saw him on Instagram doing a dance in his alien costume. That's as much <laughs> as I've seen of that. I love an Alan Tudyk vehicle. Oh, absolutely. And this it gives him every chance to shine and just showcase that just comedic face he has. Uh, yeah, I, but isn't his whole face hidden though? That's the sad thing. Is well, I, so he's he, got a nice face to look at. So he is most of the time Alan's face playing this human character, but then oh. in mirror reflections, you see the actual alien. Oh, good. Oh, that's better. So yeah, if you're in it for Alan's face, you're. They quantum it, it's a good it. thing. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, and I, I had no idea the show was actually so popular with like all age groups. I was back home with my my nieces and nephews, and they all love this show. So it's popular with the kids. Okay, I'll I'll well, I don't have any kids anymore. They're adults. <laughs> but if you say all ages, that includes them. I'll take a look at it. Next up, A League of Their Own, which debuted last Friday on Amazon Prime Video, based on the movie. Uh, it actually takes on an entirely kind of new variation of these characters. Some new characters. It's totally different story from the movie. If you're familiar with that. Uh, I absolutely loved it. I watched it all, and I thought it was so moving. It's incredibly gay. It's set in my hometown, Rockford, Illinois, and they get the details right. Mm, Wow. That's cool. I've heard of that one, but I haven't seen it. What are some of the details about Rockford, Illinois, that they get right? Because I don't know a detail about Rockford. Fair enough. Uh, First of all, Rockford Peaches are from there. They do get that Mm. right. (laughs) Very important detail. Was that a real historical baseball team? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So it was real, you know, during World War II, all the men were gone. They were like, well, somebody's got to play baseball because this is America. So get <laughs> yeah. the women out there. Yeah. Uh, and they set up these uh, female leagues throughout the Midwest. Uh, the Rockford Peaches are the most well-known. Uh, I grew right. up like right down from their baseball stadium, which they get pretty accurate in the, in the film, what it looked like. Uh, they actually shot it in Philadelphia, but they do a really wonderful job of putting up actual businesses that were in Rockford at the time, Logley's Grocery Store, The Office, which was wow. one of the first gay bars in Rockford, Illinois, that that gets a shout out in the season. So, yeah, I appreciate accuracy when it comes to locations. They did a Do good you job. play baseball? No, not at all. <laughs> Do either of you play baseball? No, no. no. I want to ask you this question. You said that The Office is a famous gay bar in Rockford, Illinois. Yeah. And was that around in the 40s? So apparently it was. That's the wow. the folklore I always grew up with was that originally, because by the time I was born, it was just an out-and-out gay bar. 
But originally it was supposedly you would go into an actual office and there was a back room where there was a secret gay bar. So it was like speakeasy style. Yeah. Right. That started like, I guess, during the prohibition era, which was a time when like that, that's it helped gay bars flourish. Right. So that's the story they passed down. So cool. Yeah. All right. What is which of the which of the streams is this one on now? That one is on Prime Video, Pro, Amazon Prime yeah. Video, and okay. they they it's great. They make the story much gayer, blacker. It's mm. you know, it, but it, it's not trying too hard to do the the diversity thing. I feel like so, it's great. Love it. I'll look forward to it. Yeah. Uh, next up on the list, Frogging, P H R O G G I N G, Frogging on Lifetime. My mom okay. introduced me to this one. So okay. I'm I really want to hear about this one. <laughs> okay, yeah. So this show is about people who secretly live inside other people's houses, like in the oh. walls. Oh, in the, are you serious? Like, yeah. Like in the rooftop. Like there's a, a sitcom episode about this on Happy Endings where someone lives above their apartment and they don't know and he's like coming down and taking food and it's like, haha, that's so funny. But it turns oh, out that's wow. real. It's real. And that's it's a called real frogging? Thing. It's called frogging. Is this a document yeah. or a reality? Or yeah, is this it's a like a it's a reality show. Each week they feature like two different stories. There's that many stories that each week they feature like two whole different ones. There's two one, an app. Yeah, two an app. Two an app. Frogging hider yeah. in my house. Yeah, frogging hider in my house. There's one oh about gosh. these like three college girls. Someone was living in their closet. They had no idea. There's another one where this woman like rejected this guy. She's like a teenage girl and, you know, he's had a crush on her. And then he broke into her house and was living behind this like fake wall to hide pipes. Frogging with a PH? Yeah. Frogging with a PH. I don't know why they chose that name. Hey, computer, cancel my dinner plans tonight (laughs) and forever. Gotta watch this. Maybe it's like fishing, you know, when you go fishing for information in the hacker oh, world, that's right. spelled with a ph. So maybe and freaking, freaking is a hacker. Freaking is also yeah. Yeah. So it was all based on phone back yeah. when phones were the medium that you used for that stuff. Okay. Yeah, and the, some of them do like hack into their computers and stuff. There was this one guy yeah. who planned to like do surgery on the family he was watching. Wait, had, sorry, like, what? Yeah, he was like living in their attic space and had like oh, no. undone all of their plugs so he could like the plugs in the wall he so he could pull them out and watch them. And hey, speak, speaking of plugs, I, this is a TV <laughs> uh, program, not a movie program, but uh, there's a great horror movie directed by my old high school friend Nick McCarthy called The Pact, which uh, it plugs into this a little bit. Just gonna say, yeah. Yeah. Makes me the frogging makes me think of this movie. Yeah, it's scary. Like this guy well, was yeah, no. He was like watching them and writing down their every move and he was just like, Okay, I'm gonna skin them and I'm gonna try to like attach uh. arms to them and he had all these like surgical plans and videos he had watched. It's a wild show. Is it a good show? Do you recommend uh, it? I do, yeah, yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's for me, I mean, as someone who like loves just like horrifying reality tv like evil Uh lives here true crime stuff it's a good one all right and you know most of the time obviously the people are telling you about it so they didn't die so (laughs) yeah that's true guaranteed that it's not going to be too grim most of them are just like and we left the house and never ever went back and i basically just burned it to the ground and was like i'll never live here again (laughs) are there dramatic reenactments of people living in attics and peering through outlets and stuff oh absolutely all right Oh, yeah. Like, the hide in between walls. I'm writing this I, one down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then next up on the list, and the last one on the list, P-Valley, which just had its finale on Stars. I've heard of that one, yeah. I yes. have, I've only heard about it listening to an episode of this podcast. Fair enough. We did have two of the stars of the show on the podcast yes. last season. It is finally kind of getting the attention it deserves. There's been a lot of articles this past week about how it's the the like hit show of the summer that no one's talking about. It's so well written. They take on a lot of things this season, uh, yeah. like domestic violence, abortion. Uh, Megan the Stallion is in an episode this season. Oh. You get a you get a Meg plug. Come on, that's a big deal. So that's incredible. Uh, the Pink is a popular strip club in Mississippi yeah. where intrigue abounds when the mysterious Autumn is welcomed by Mercedes, the dancer, and Uncle Clifford, the club's discreet owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. Yeah, it's a great stripper show, but it also, you know, is about heart and mm-hmm. connection and sisters and family and chosen family. So, 
Love it. Yeah. And it also, it it does, the stakes get really high. Personally, it gives me a heart attack every episode. So I wait until the season's over and then I watch all the episodes. So the season just ended. Now's the perfect time to binge. Right. Right. Okay. And that, that's my watch list. What are you two watching? What are you into right now? Well, I have a question for you. I know that, uh, speaking of reality, not horror, but sometimes horrifying, mm. I know that you were getting into the below deck sailing yacht, which is oh, a yeah. big part oh, of my yeah. household. Oh, yeah. I, I got into below deck and I will never go back. I don't know why it took me so long. <laughs> it's... I like people made it seem like it was just like people on a boat getting drunk. I don't care about those parts. I don't care about the romance. I care about the actual part when they're dealing with the customers. Yes. It's about yacht staff, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, private yeah, yachts we and watched, staff on private We watched yachts. that on a flight years and years ago. Did you like it? It was intriguing. There was a controversy about someone made a filthy towel animal and left it on somebody's bed. They made a phallic <laughs> towel animal, and it was like a mystery. Like, who did this and why? Yeah, That yeah. was a great whodunit episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's so much just inner turmoil between these people. The tension is that wonderful. That show is still on? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's so I many mean, spinoffs now. That was like now. eight years ago, dude. Yeah, yeah. no, the original and, one is Below Deck, and that follows Captain Lee and his rotating crew of yachties, yeah. as the people who work on yachts are called, in the Caribbean. Then there's Below Deck Mediterranean with Captain Sandy. Oh, yeah. of course, they can, they can and, do so many of them. Can't yeah, they? yeah. And now there's Below, for the past couple of years, has been Below Deck Sailing Yacht. Sailing Yacht. yacht. With, uh, with Captain Quen, that Quebecois, Captain Glenn, sorry. Captain, yeah, Quebecois, Captain Glenn. Super who, daddy. Yeah, barely a captain, honestly. Right. Like, <laughs> like really just and, wants to be liked. Just he's the absolutely. only captain who shares a bedroom <laughs> yeah. with someone. Oh, and I think it was Tom who was, co- who was on the upper bunk in... Captain Glenn's room. Yeah. Coming in like ruinously drunk every night. And every Captain single Glenn's night. Just on his on his iPad watching probably P Valley or something. <laughs> yeah. Trying to because the crew gets ruinously drunk between cruises. Yeah. What else is and there? And then they to have do? to pull it together. Charters, excuse me, charters. That's yeah. what they call them. Because every other day there's a new charter guest, and the charter guests are it's this wonderful Venn diagram of people who are so loathsomely wealthy that they would charter a yacht for a week in the Mediterranean or the, or the um, Croatia or wherever they are for hundreds of thousands of dollars for a week, but are not so wealthy that they would own a yacht. So they're kind of like weirdly beat wealthy and overlapping with people who are so loathsome that they want to be on television on their extremely expensive vacation. Oh yeah. And they also have to pay to be on the show. Like they aren't just paying for the yacht trip. They also pay to be with the below deck crew. That's really, that's a premium. Yeah. Seth Rogen's also a fan of the show and he was like approached by the producers and they were like, would you ever want to be on it? And they gave him the rate list and he was like, this is wild. Why would I pay money to be on your show? I like I like that they still were going to try to get him, Seth Rogen to pay. That's, yeah, I don't. That's, I think right? he could I, maybe I give him respect Seth for that. Rogen. Right? I don't know, man. They're running a business. Like money is money. <laughs> I feel like that'd be a great episode, though. I would watch that. Just the contract negotiations between Seth Rogen and the producers and of the Below producers Deck. of Below Deck. Honestly, right. <laughs> best we can do, Seth, is thirty grand. He's like, thirty. Yeah, it's not working for me. That's I our know best that, and final. Uh, the actor and. Uh, and special guest star of Dicktown, um, Paget Brewster. Yes. Uh, who's on an episode of Dicktown, and she's a wonderful actor, and she's in Criminal Minds and Thrilling Adventure Hour. She really wanted to get our friends, Paula Tompkins and Janie Haddad Tompkins, and some of their other friends, to go on Below Deck as a charter Please group. do this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I think they got turned down because they were too nice. Like, I oh, think- yeah. I, I mean, they all feel like they'd be too nice. I mean, they'd be too sympathetic to the crew. Yeah. Okay. So, you know. meanest celebrities you know who should be on Below Deck? Who are they? <laughs> oh, meanest celebrities. If I knew one. Yeah. Present company excluded. Yes. Oh, yeah. Present company excluded. I mean, I think probably the 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 perfect Below Deck charter guest has already happened, which is Roy Orbison Jr., <laughs> who is a person who clearly struggles with alcohol addiction. Yeah. Uh, has nothing going on in his life other than being the son of Roy Orbison. It's a lot to and go off of. Is so so such a sad figure that he could he wasn't even a monster, but he got out of control a couple of times. Yeah, 
from drinking. It was, that was hard. That was a little bit hard. To yeah. Work. So maybe that's like, not the best guess. Yeah. They, they don't like to cut anybody off because that could mess up their tip at the end. So they just keep feeding them alcohol the whole time. Oh, yeah. I know. It's all about that tip. And our yeah. son and I have bets on how big the tip is going to be. Every time you got to bet yeah, on how big the tip is going to be. You get They get that giant wall, like envelope of cash and you're like, what's it going to be? 12K, and how come 20K. they always put it in that ratty white, white mailing mail envelope? Yeah, why? <laughs> why can't why they just Venmo it? Wouldn't that be so incredible if you had a little attache t- case for your tip? I feel like at this point they could just keep one on the boat and like, you know, people use it. Like they put it out and, you know. The one of the was it this season where the woman, there was a, a woman who had had either dental surgery or for some other reason her jaw was wired shut. Oh yeah, and she couldn't like eat anything on the boat, and she couldn't eat anything. But she insisted that every meal that the chef prepared for yeah. everyone else be liquefied for her. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of people who go on these on these trips. Uh, he's putting like a filet mignon into a Vitamix. It was, <laughs> it was something to say. Slurry. You got to admire that dedication. <laughs> but David, what are you watching? Do you do, right a, do you now, do the reality stuff? What are you into? I'm watching two series right now. One is on Sunday nights on HBO. It's like a six part documentary series called the, the Anarchist. Anarchist? Have oh, you heard about that? Oh yeah. Oh, I've been watching the Anarchist. Okay. It's, horrible it's, people <laughs> it's it's really wild i started watching it because i thought it was going to be the type of anarchists that i find kind of interesting who are like actual political anarchists coming from like a hard left tradition mm. yeah yeah but it's actually a narco capitalists who are just <laughs> bitcoin people who don't like paying taxes exactly and most of them are just scammers i like the part where yeah, every time they yeah. disagree with one of the conferences they're like so we're going to put on our own conference. Anarcha-forco. Right. Yeah. yeah Anarcha-forco. And then like anarcha They were trying to build this utopia in Acapulco, Mexico. And the suffice to say, everything kind of fell apart. Yeah. But it's, I mean, there's some genuine tragedy on it. But also for me, it's kind of like a, this is going to sound so awful, but it's kind of like a hate watch. Like I really oh, have yeah. a lot yeah. of contempt for most of the people on the show, except Absolutely. for maybe there's one normal person who was a part of that community and then moved to Belize. Oh yeah. I did like her except I don't know. She kept being like, I just, I realized she's like the only black woman in it. And she keeps yeah, being right. like, I realized I was like an outsider among outsiders. And it's like, yeah, what did you think hanging out with like a bunch of crypto bros? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I really like it. And as much as I hate that I can't binge it, I do kind of look forward to Sunday nights. And it's been a long time since I've watched something where you got to wait around and wait for it. Yeah. You know, like I admire that places that still do that. Yeah. What are these crazy kids going to get into this week? Oh, let me just say, I was going to watch The Anarchist last night. That would have been my plan because I know you've been talking about it lately. Oh, right. I was very excited to watch it, but then David gave me a different homework that I had to watch this movie, this three-hour movie. <laughs> oh, did you watch it? <laughs> of what course, movie. What do you think of it? American Honey, oh. from 2016 with Charlotte Booth and great Sarah Lane. I haven't seen it. I look forward to talking with you about it after we finish our TV podcast. Yeah, now, if David. you could please respect the same. I did ask what it was, but now I don't care anymore because yeah, I haven't but my seen plan it. was to so. watch The Anarchist af- after it, and then I'm watching. I'm like, how long is this movie? Two hours and 45 minutes. That's too long. You tricked see? me. That was some serious homework. Yeah, see, me. instead of that, you should watch five one-hour episodes of a documentary series. See, that well, I could have. Right. I yeah. could have easily. <laughs> My favorite part is when they set up the Bitcoin ATM, and as soon as they start using it, they're like, and the cops found us. Yeah, Interpol swooped down and got it. Yeah, it's... Immediately. Just, yeah, I don't... It's like... People who want really, really want to be political activists and just are too silly to to make it happen. And the second anything serious happens, they're all like, "Well, we're anarchists. We don't need to care." <laughs> like we. Yeah. But I feel like there's so so much online and in culture right now of people passing themselves out as smarty pants by simply being automatic contrarians. We're always like, "What? What if oxygen?" Wasn't what we needed to breathe. Right. What if it was yeah. nitrogen? Who's to say? Like, oh yeah, and you could say yeah. that, and they'd invite you to Anarchopoco the right. conference and have you, you know, they'd pay you a million dollars to say that to people, and they'd all be like, "That's a good point. That's a good point." Yeah. 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 Uh, what's the yeah. other series you said you were watching? Oh, the other series I have mixed feelings about, and at this point, I'm only watching it because everybody loves it, and that's the uh, FX series 
the bear about the guy who works in the, the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which looks incredible. It's shot really beautifully, and I really like all the actors. And I get the lead dude's biceps is inspiring me inspiring. to get back into oh, the gym. Again, Jeremy Allen He Allen really White. fills out a t-shirt. He does. He does. And they, they um, cut that t-shirt yeah. to his biceps. Oh, yeah. That's like a... That's yeah. they, like, Vulture did an interview with the costume designer, and they built oh, really? that t-shirt around that man's body. So yeah. that's why he looks better than me, because he's got somebody who's making custom t-shirts. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's baggy what it old is. Th- okay, got it. All right. Got it. That makes me feel better. Now I don't resent the show anymore. I love it. <laughs> So that's all we're watching. That's all I got. I, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I was talking to a friend about this last night. I really just watched TikTok. I started watching TikTok <laughs> like six weeks ago. And I have to say, no disrespect to television, which I love. And, Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> but once you unlock that TikTok portal, it's like, why would I spend 22 minutes watching the same thing? I can knock out... 40 TikTok videos in that amount of time. Yeah. And they're <laughs> Content so funny. from around the world. Yeah. yeah. And people are so funny on there. Come people on. People are like, so freaking funny. And the editing and the just the production yeah. skills. Like, you see like an 11-year-old make a video with like B-roll and a reverse and a, and a cutaway yeah. and a and soundtrack. Like, how are they doing that on their transitions. freaking phones? It's so crazy. Yeah. And then also there's like five puns in it and it's like funnier than anything you've and seen. And then somebody else makes a like, duet here's... and brings out this other subtext that you never even considered that actually the original yeah. TikTok video is actually a text about queerness and capitalism. You, I didn't know that until this other person made a duet. It's crazy. It's so creative. Yeah. It's so yeah. freaking creative. I, I remember when I first got lost in my like first TikTok hole. I lost like a good month of time and then I had to pull yeah. myself out. I had to stop mm. using the app. That's mm. where I'm at now. I'm watching guys in the South go out and look for snakes and frogs and make fun of them. And that's <laughs> what I do now instead of watching TV. It's called frogging and snaking. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Check out Trap House Nature. It's a guy in Georgia. <laughs> so good. Just, All he does is like go animals. to petting zoos and pet stores and make fun of the animals. And then he goes fishing. <laughs> It's the best. TikTok is so amazing. Yeah. I and mean, John, are you on TikTok? <laughs> no, but I feel like I'm going to do it now. I mean, I, I remember when David said, I just started watching TikTok. And I noticed that my television and movie viewing homework went way down. Yeah. <laughs> David is usually recommending good things for me to watch. And all right. of a sudden, yeah. you should watch nothing. this. You should watch that. Blah, blah, are you blah, one blah, of those blah. friends who like sends TikToks to all your friends? Like, oh, you got to watch this one. You got it. Like- no, because I, I mean, I do sometimes, but I really do restrain myself because I know I can be overbearing. And I also know the pressure of somebody sending you like 50 TikToks in a row. And yeah. it's like, I don't want to watch all David, this. send me some these. TikToks. That's the kind of homework. I don't want this right. two hour and 45 minute. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm putting all like that. You, you, be the guy who wa- you be the guy who has to focus on something for three hours and let me be the TikTok. Guy. <laughs> I mean, I watched a Shia LaBeouf movie for yeah, you. Just send on. me some TikToks. All right, I'll send, send you some, some TikToks. TikToks. He's I'll earned send you some it. Good TikToks. I was left my own devices last week. I decided to check out finally. And this is the last thing that I'll talk about. I just, I really enjoyed Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Ah, uh, yeah. I just found it so charming and so, like, to, first of all, to watch a show that is episodic. Like, it's yeah. been such a, it's been a while. It's been a while where it's a story of the week. I love right. it. I love and, a story of the week. And I also love all of the actors on it. I think they're all terrific. I go, I go both ways with the Star Wars and the Star Treks. I don't have a preference <laughs> one way or the other. Because they offer very, very different things. And what Star Trek always offered, and I discovered this when I watched The Next Generation in syndication, I guess it was always in syndication in, back in college. It's just so calming because... It's about a self-selected, a, a family of choice, all very competent at their jobs, and all of their jobs are meaningful, and they take great fulfillment in their jobs, and they treat each other respectfully and professionally at all times, unless they're being controlled by a space brain or they're in the, yeah, yeah. the, the beard universe or whatever, Yeah, until something happens, right? And it mixes it up. And every episode I would watch The Next Generation is like, please, nothing happened. I just want to watch <laughs> these people be nice to each other 
People like spending time with their friends. I just, yeah. And, yeah. and it's boy, the, oh boy, the, it's I so think much they fun. call it the Ted Lassification of TV. People just want to see people be nice. I, I love, oh, I love Ted Lasso. And I understand that not everyone does. I don't want to get into I love the, it. We're fans here. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, you know, it's like, but this one is just like, okay, new story every time. I was huh. just, it really, it was really nostalgic for me. And it looks great. And Anson Mountain is great. All the cast is terrific. Rebecca Romaine is back. Oh, I love Rebecca Romaine. Star, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Okay. It's it's going to go on our homework list, so everybody checks it out next week. Even, what network is that on? Or streamer? Uh, or Paramount Channel? Plus? P Plus. Paramount Plus. Okay. P Plus. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that Paramount Plus is known enough that we can just call it P Plus yet. No, <laughs> we're, we're going to get it started, and they're going to okay. love it. Uh-huh. Hey, check so, out the new Star Treks on P Plus. P Plus. <laughs> Streaming so, on P plus get it like how P streams from your urethra. Boom. <laughs> so speaking of, of these shows where people are nice to each other, uh, Dick town, let's get into it. First of all, I just need to say, Ashley, thank you for inviting me on the podcast. And I need to explain to David that the reason that we're here is that I said something on Twitter right after the Supreme court overturned Roe versus Wade. Yeah. Uh-huh. To the tune of, for everyone who says that voting doesn't work, well, it worked in 2016 for the Republicans. Uh huh. We were all having feelings in the moment. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, short-term thing. Yeah, that makes sense to say. Well, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make what? sense to say anything on Twitter. No one True. needed my thoughts. I have to remind myself a lot on Twitter. It's like, does anyone need me to say anything here? No. I'm Yeah, I'm learning every uh, day. Say no, less on but Twitter. Ashley, I needed you because Ashley <laughs> saw that and took me apart, <laughs> reminding me and ins- and instructing me that it was not, not merely voting or legal voting that brought the Republicans to victory here, but gener- generations of disenfranchisement, destroying sex education uh, plans, uh, right, yeah, uh, yeah, gerrymandering, yeah. everything. Yeah, and, and like, bombing right. abortion clinics. They, yes. they bomb, and you know, I think they erase themselves or distance themselves from that history of violence. And people say now, well, you know, these the silent majority of America, they're so patient and polite, and they just go vote and they make this happen. It's like right. no, they killed people, they bomb yeah, places, killer. they terrified yes. doctors from even performing abortions in certain places. Uh, and you know, we forget that history and. I brought it up. <laughs> I was very grateful to be reminded. It's the one good thing about Twitter for me now is like, yeah, when I when I pop up to say something, when I'm wrong, people will tell me, and I love hearing about how wrong I am. Yeah, and it was so. one of the rare instances where you were like, oh yeah, huh? I'm learning. Yeah, learning. Yeah, that makes sense. Instead of what a lot of people on Twitter do, which is they want to dig just in, fight. dig in, Double and be down. wrong, and yeah, then, you know, that's, that's what 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 are you fighting for at that point? Like, just listen to each other. You know, and and you're abs- you're absolutely right. And I, I, what I, you know, I was just in that in that vibe of like people going like, doesn't matter who we vote for. Apparently, it's like, well, yeah, it's like it yeah. does matter. I mean, they wouldn't have been able That's to do part, it without it's voting. It. It's part. It's like, but it's yes yeah. and <laughs> yes and exactly. And I was like, this person is so right. And I hadn't followed you before. Now I'm a super follower. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. If, if you super follow, you mostly just get TV recommendations before everyone else. When I remember to, I post love them. them. I love them. But, but then you turn around and me. watch Dick Town and say yeah. it was good. And I was like, this is the greatest interaction I've yeah. had on social media. Because <laughs> I was like, well, what? I was like, what has life. John Hodgman been up to lately? What's he yeah, been what? doing? And what? then I look and I'm like, oh, there's like two seasons of a show. Let's get into this. And I am glad I found it that weekend after the you know all this Roe v. Wade stuff. I was in a horrible mood and Dick Town lifted me up it being so funny and just i think oh, what what really pulled me in is i get a little irritated with older men in hollywood comedians who are always like i'm afraid of dealing with younger generations these millennials and gen z i'm afraid i'll say the wrong thing i'm afraid i'll do this and watching dicktown i did not get any sense of that fear you guys kind of just address all of these generational gaps you make fun of yourselves you kind of make fun of the teenagers it just felt very fresh to me. And, oh, you know, I, I didn't get the sense that you were in the writer's room like, oh, no, can we do this? Is this OK? I don't remember if there was ever anything that we decided not to do. All those guys complaining like, I can't say salt. I don't know. That's all just bullshit to me. It's stupid. Yeah. You're talking about guys saying I'm going to get canceled if I go do comedy at a college. Yeah, now I can't go play at colleges like, because. Yeah. They, yeah. 
originally when we got asked if we had an idea to do something in animation for FX's anthology show Cake, which is how Dickstown started, we had been banding around wanting to do kind of a comedic reboot of Simon and Simon, this old 1980s. Uh, two, two brothers live on a houseboat and solve mysteries in Santa Barbara or something like that. Like real, just kind of like st- stuff from our childhood. And then we came up with this idea that it was like this elderly encyclopedia Brown and his former bully. And then we pitched this whole thing. And of course, like with most, most guys our age, we were making it all about ourselves and it wasn't really clicking and, and FX wasn't really happy with our outline. And then David had the smart idea, which was to streamline it to, if he solved mysteries for teenagers when he was a teenager, he should just solve mysteries for teenagers now. <laughs> All the clientele should be teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, and that was like perfect. And what that introduced was there was going to be an element of generational, you know, friction and conflict. And then I also remember David at Little Purity when you pitched the mystery that we did with Anna Akana as Meg, which is they get hired. You know, there are some mysteries that are like a thing gets stolen, but there are other mysteries that are just true mysteries to people who are who are our age or the character's age, which is like this high schooler has been hooking up with a guy and she doesn't know if they're dating and she hires private detectives to find out if the guy thinks they're dating. And the private detectives have no idea what she's talking about. Yeah. Because <laughs> certainly when I was in high school, if you were hooking up with someone, you were definitely dating. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was that, that kind of stuff. But I mean, from the beginning, it was very clear that we wanted, this is about two man children who have failed to thrive and grow up. And they, the, all of the teenagers, all of them are better adults than the two main characters are. Yeah. Or, you know, they're better at adulting than the two main characters are. Yeah. I think most of the people in the show are better at kind of everything than the two yeah. main characters. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, David, yeah. did you get on TikTok as research to to better no, understand man, teenagers? No, man, it really bumps me out. I didn't get on TikTok till like, like I said, maybe like a month and a half ago. I, you know, I'd heard about it, and I guess every so often, if something went super viral, I would see it, like everybody singing sea shanties or something. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Our first episode was about Instagram bullying. That's about as that's about as yeah. Uh, that's right. That yeah. was one of the few social media references. Instagram. Yeah, that's that's where we were at that point. Yeah. And it was made in 2017. And it's, you know, Jean Grey's character is a cosplayer who's getting harassed online because she, uh, her character is black and she's cosplaying as Aquaman. And, and some alt-right creeps are very angry about erasing the white history of Aquaman. <laughs> Uh, and we trace it to a vape store proprietor played by Zach Galifianakis, who's this alt-right creep. And originally, I think his name was going to be Alt-Right Todd. It was going to be his name. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, like that's that's kind of the, that is the only reference that I, I'm, I guess I feel glad to say this, but feels a little bit really 2017. Yeah. All, that alt-righty moment. And whether yeah. it's yeah, okay it was after punch Charlottesville. Or, yeah, it was after Charlottesville. Yeah, because right. I feel like even the jokes the teenagers have feel just, they're just funny. They're kind of timeless. I feel like a lot of times people, they just kind of pull whatever from Twitter or social media and right. throw it in the mouths of their younger characters. But yeah. your your jokes are just so good. I One of my favorite oh, moments, I knew, when I knew it was my favorite show, is when they're talking to the rich black kid and he sings Tucker. some tuck. Yeah. And he like starts singing something and they're like, that's beautiful. Wow. And he's just like, that's the first time I've ever sang in my life. <laughs> that's a David joke. Ronald Pete really... is the actor. He's really oh, great. Yeah. Ronald Pete. But Tucker is the kind of, he was kind of indicative of like the whole thing was like to have these guys have to stumble around and work for these young people who, who they don't, it's like almost a different, it's not just a different generation. It's almost like a different species or it's just, you know, with gender fluidity or with um, people trying on identities or, you know, fashion and stuff. That's just so fundamentally different than, I mean, in a good way, like I think it's very admirable. That's just so different from the world that older people grew up in, you know? Yeah. I mean, and it, you know, we, we grew up in a very, so I am uh, old. We grew up in a very segmented, segregated culture by yeah. lots of definitions. 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, black, white, but also just in terms of like what radio station you listen to. Uh, what's, you know, at, at Brookline High School in Brookline, Massachusetts, you know, you had the freak stairs and you had the metal stairs and you had the, the freaks <laughs> were the stoners and the metal kids were the metal kids. And then, you know, the black kids were over there under that arch and there were the drama people who never, and no one really interacted. And you were defined by one brand of music and style you listened to. Yeah. Which record store you went to or whatever. And one thing I did notice coming up as, as, as our kids were getting older was they were, you know, just because of the way culture is disseminated now, they were sampling culture without any of that baggage of like who listens to what and what does it mean to listen to something just in terms of music, you know, they had, they had in a, the palm of their hands uh, access to all music ever recorded pretty much <laughs> and all television ever made except for now that they're erasing television on HBO. Yeah. Now that things are disappearing. I know it's like going old school. Yeah. And I think my generation was kind of the, I I'm 30. I was born in the nineties. So very millennial, but I think my generation was the last one that grew up with, you watch the TV that's on that. Well, you don't get Mm -hmm. good choices. Like I, I love golden girls because that's what came on after cartoons. Right. Right. You know, that's what I was told was important. And then I talk to kids today and they're just like, what is the golden girls? Why would I watch that? And I'm just, I'm shocked. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the watching the TV, that's why I like getting homework from David Reese and, and from your watch lists, Ashley, because I need someone to just <laughs> yeah. tell me this is what's well, on. Apparently all you're going to have are my watch lists because David's been lost to TikTok now. So. Lost to TikTok. But yeah, you know, like all, that was kind of our model, you know, and I know, you know, we know people who are millennials and, and younger and so forth. And the younger generations than ours have a lot to be angry about and anxious about and frustrated with, especially with us. Let's stipulate to that. But they also just were have been able to draw culturally, like the world felt, at least from our perspective in the show, less anxious to these kids yeah. than it felt to us, where we had to define who we were. John Hunchman was the smart nerd. David Purefoy was the um was the sort of aggro bully. <laughs> and neither of uh, our characters felt really comfortable just being labeled in that way. And now we're engaging with a whole generation of kids in the show and, you know, young people, teenagers to to millennials in the show who didn't grow up with labels in the same way. And they seem comparably to us very liberated and allows our characters to stop thinking of ourselves in those ways and to become friends instead of sort of bickering enemies the whole time. Yeah, I love uh, the episode where uh, there's the the kids like are having the party in the woods and David's like, I can do a keg stand, I can do all this. And they just do not care. <laughs> like they just do not party <laughs> right. the same way. They're like, what? Yeah, what? right. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. The party finds was where David and his friends used to do bongs. <laughs> and, and now it's more like a TED talk. Yeah, now it's just like where the kids sit and on their phones and right. yeah. <laughs> innovate. Yeah, exactly. Innovate. Yeah, innovate. But I want to ask about Dicktown and kind of how it came to be. I feel like it's such a different project for both of you from what you've worked on in the past. Uh, How did it feel kind of really focusing on animation? Well, we had done a little animation together years and years ago. We had an online thing at Wired called Code Fellas, where I wrote it and John acted in it, and Brian Spinks directed it. But that animation and Emily, was and Emily Heller, Emily, co-star. Emily Heller, yeah, was Love the other Emily. co-star. Yeah, it's what you call a two-hander. There were only two characters, and it was rotoscoped. It wasn't traditional animation. Mm-hmm. We filmed actors and then traced it. Uh, Flat Black Studio in Austin did that. So we had done a little animation together in the past, but working on Dicktown was my first time, and I guess your first time really working with a like a traditional animation studio, Floyd County in Atlanta. They make Archer. So they have a lot of experience with this kind of stuff, and they're extremely patient and helpful in helping John and I understand how to actually make the show. All the different steps, you know, from, you know, recording to storyboarding to making the animatics, just all that stuff. They were very helpful. It was a huge learning curve. And I think the second season 
we made it in maybe half the time of the first season just because we had a system set up and it was just much more efficient. Um, they also helped, Matt Thompson was the executive producer and he helped Hodgman and I learn how to direct voice acting. Voice mm-hmm. acting, you probably know, is like really different from traditional on-screen acting. And once we got locked in on directing the voice actors ourselves when we didn't need Matt to help us direct, I mean, he's a great director, but that also felt like a, that feels like one of the things that I'm most grateful for that was most rewarding was learning how to direct voice actors. Cause that's super fun and super exciting. And you can always find something in the booth with the actor in the moment that you would never have thought of on the page when you were writing it. And that discovery is like so fun. What would be your number one tip for voice actors? Because I think David, specifically your character in the show, like hearing your voice now, it feels so different. But when I watch the show and hear your voice, I'm like, that is so perfect to this jerk character. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am He's usually so a nice jerk. Now. <laughs> I, I just want to let you know, I am usually a jerk. Um, I'm just kind of tired today for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> Too tired to jerk. I usually am screaming and really obnoxious and stuff. Um, that's not, ad- that's not advi- true. But- advice for voice actors. I will say that we worked with a lot of different um, voice actors. And there were a couple times where we would work with someone who had a lot of experience voice acting. And the thing that was like so astonishing to me and the thing that I can't do is, is when somebody, you can ask for a different read. Like, let's try it like this now. Maybe it's a little sad rather than angry. And the people who can just turn on a dime and do that and just give you option after option after option, that's amazing. Because yeah. mm-hmm. when I was directing, I would always just try to cover all my bases. Maybe it's because I'm indecisive and I don't trust my own dialogue. But when I would direct, I would just try to get every possible read of something. If it's actual advice for voice actors, I would say it's important to understand the character and to get inside the character but it's also really good to not be so wedded to your interpretation of the character that if the director asks for like a read that's like really out there or really different than what you're expecting to then also be able to do that while still honoring your sense of the character is like a really great skill. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's okay. awesome. Cause I, just, I feel like there's just such a distinct you now and then you on the show. It, I hear you kind of stepping into the character. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, yeah, that's interesting because I never voice acted before and I'm convinced I wouldn't have been able to do it if I wasn't just playing like a more hyped up version of myself. So, yeah. I I think that, I think that you need to be, and I'd be curious if other people, like if you have Io on the show to talk to her about voice acting on Big Mouth or whatever, but like, I think you need to be big, a little bit bigger. Oh yeah. When absolutely. you're voice acting. Cause you don't, yeah. you don't have, you don't have anything else to work with, but your voice and the voiceover that I, when I started doing cartoon voices, I kind of, I, I listened back to the, some of those early performances and I'm like, where am I? Like, where's, where's the character? What's going on? I've, I've, I kind of sound to me, like I'm 30 feet away from the microphone and yeah. half asleep because, you know, I'm not putting all of my performance into the voice. I'm probably still doing some eyebrow work. It yeah. is some incredible eyebrow work in that. <laughs> and, um, and your character is obviously more kind of low energy nerdy. How do you yeah. kind of play with that where you don't have the, you know? I think that that's close to who I would normally be. Yeah. Low energy nerdy. Know it all. I mean, an exagger. Both characters are exaggerations of certain aspects of ourselves. And definitely. You know, when I was growing up, I was the indoor kid, only child, Agatha Christie reading, weirdo who went to high school with a suitcase instead of a back, I mean, a briefcase instead of a backpack. So amazing that you did that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, a lot lot of affectation and pretension and a lot of like, you know, I didn't play sports. I rushed home after school (laughs) to listen to fresh air, that kind of stuff. (laughs) <laughs> real i was really con- i really fancied yeah. myself a sophisticate all of this does come through in the character yeah on Dick Town. <laughs> yeah and i and i feel like you know i could have been more like john hunchman growing up without the important intervention of certain people in my life including the person who's now my wife kind of getting me out of 
my ruts and my free and my my fears. Um, but you know, in the in the world of Dicktown, John Hunchman never had a wife until he met David Purefoy. So, oh, yeah. work wife, work yeah. wife. Work I do wife. really feel like at the end of the day, it's it's a romance between those two. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah we definitely structured the second season to have a big blow up fight. You know, like it looks like the end of their relationship. We did yeah. model it after like a traditional rom com type of um, arc. You know. Yeah, and yeah. so obviously, I brought you on because I love the show. I want people to watch it. More importantly, I want them to watch it so you get a third season. I want more That'd of it. That'd be awesome. That'd what be, it, where do you see these characters? Yeah, where do you see the characters going? You know, if you followed kind of a rom com theme last season, what what are you hoping you get to do? Well, it's interesting. I mean, we we finished it. It feels like two seconds ago that we finished it, and then we're immediately promoting it to be on FX and Hulu. And you know, we d- I don't think we had many conversations about where to go because we didn't want to jinx anything and at the current moment we don't know if we'll ever get to make more episodes maybe we maybe we can i don't know where they would go so dicktown's richard feels pretty it's like a loose homage to the town i grew up in in north carolina chapel hill which is the unc town yeah and uh That's where ben folds is from yeah exactly chapel hill had a high school girls uh jump rope team that made it to the international jump rope competition finals and Paris, France, a few years ago, I think. And I always thought like it would be pretty cool if they had to accompany a, j- a jump rope team to Paris to if something go. sketchy yeah. was going on behind the scenes. I, I thought rope. you were going to be like, and they all disappeared. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. all of the girls from the school disappeared. Right. They're all frogging in some French person's house. They all decided <laughs> to stay in Paris. Jump a rope exactly. team in the walls. A lot of the style of the, sh- the visual style of the show that Floyd County created was purposefully very Hanna-Barbera. It did was supposed to evoke a little of that Scooby-Doo vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, then like we, we were talking about it kind of going in a Josie and the Pussycats spinoff where uh, Monica, who's played by Jean Grey, uh, Meg, who's played by Anna Akana and um, Lance, who's the juvenile delinquent played by Griffin Newman of the, of the tick. Um, get kidnapped and go into space. <laughs> Normal stuff. I don't know what like they that. do in space exactly. People love space. You remember how Josie and the Pussycats w- went to space for some yeah. reason? They were. I, did they start I in space? I thought that was a girls' show. I never watched it. <laughs> oh, come on. Back in the day? Yeah. Josie and the Pussycats. This is you one know, of the greatest lyrics when, ever like, written. Every cartoon would just be like, let's just do a space episode. Let's make, yeah, let's go right. make them go yeah. into like, space. Yeah, Flintstones yeah. in space. Why not? Oh, I mean, it was that Star Wars boom. Jo- yeah. Josie and the pussy cats. Here's the best lyric. Long tails and ears for hats. I've never stopped <laughs> thinking about that. <laughs> wow. Ah. It's like where there's little ears. There's yeah, little, little, it's yeah. very accurate. More theme songs should just be about what the, they wear. Describing what the character is yeah. wearing. That's what I'm saying about the bear. I need to be grounded so that I understand the world. <laughs> yeah. To be like law and order, men in suits and ties, women in pantsuits with badges on the side, <laughs> criminals with five o'clock shadows and rolled up sleeves. It's law and order for me. Why isn't that the theme song? That's that a should great be the theme. theme. Song. Now I know exactly yeah. what to. Ex- now I know what the characters will be wearing. And if you're out there, that was on the fly. He just made that. that so the, yeah, that's right. If you're looking for theme songs, speaking of Rockford and theme songs, David and I went deep into the vault and watched an episode of The Rockford Files starring Jim Garner. Oh yeah, from 1970s. And I was just reminded, it's like there there are whole shows that are the length of theme songs from the 70s and 80s now. Yeah, yeah, like, they yeah. That what that that's a banging theme song. If you've never heard it, uh, kids, you don't have to watch the show because it's longer yeah, and boring. Rock, yeah, it's yeah. not you know, and it's Rockford not about Files theme. It's not even about Rockford, Illinois. So no, I know. I was just it was a tenuous <laughs> connection. I just as, I just always have to tell you know they yeah, always bring right. it up and I have to be like it's actually not it's you know his yeah. <laughs> People are always bringing this up to you. That makes they're sense. always bringing it up to me. I bet you like the Rockford day. Files, huh? Yeah, but actually Ben Folds has a song where he, re- he references Rockford, but, or Rockford Files. But anyway, that is full uh, circle. <laughs> there we go. Uh, That's a good callback, John. Boom. I want to thank my wonderful guests today, John Hodgman and David Reese. 
Go watch Dicktown. Go watch it on Hulu. Hulu. If yeah, if you do have, I don't know, just the FX app, go watch it on that too. Mm, it's I don't so know that funny. that exists anymore. The I don't FX think it app. exists anymore. Yeah, it's like FX go. Yeah, just go to Hulu. Go watch it. it it's it'll be there by the bear. Whatever, Again, alphabetically probably. So scroll Close past by, yeah. the bear and go to Dicktown. I think I think Hulu has been uh, has been uh, destroying it lately with the shows. Yeah, yeah, they're doing a really good job. enjoying their shows a lot. Not just ours, but the bear. Yeah, but the, the dropout. bear, the dropout. Uh, Reservation Dogs is good. Res- oh, I love Reservation Dogs. I gotta watch Dogs. that. I gotta watch that. Those yeah. kids are really great. Yeah. Speaking and of you know like young people, so awesome about uh, they're not erasing shows. Yeah, the shows don't just disappear. Maybe the third season of Dicktown will be John and David trying to find all these missing <laughs> shows. Uh huh. They took my shows. Where are my shows? Where are my shows? Yeah. I have to go get them off some server somewhere. Hey everybody, Dicktown is the show that we made. There are, there are 20 episodes over two seasons. Each one is 11 minutes long. You do the math. That's barely a, a quarter of an Avengers movie. You Ooh. have time to watch it. You got time. And but I'm gonna I'm gonna here here comes the this is gonna be the incentive. Who's gonna erase it tomorrow? <laughs> Who no, could erase who, it anytime? And you don't know when Hulu's going to erase any. You don't. You can't count on these shows sticking around anymore. Not at all. Life is fleeting. Uh, anything could yeah. happen to anyone. The FBI could come and raid Hulu tomorrow and and take it all and away. Take it all. Take it. So all. please watch it out the on Hulu and <laughs> and let a friend know and say a thing online about it because it's just there's so there are too many shows. It's hard. Yeah, it's a lot of shows. It's hard for people to to find all the good things. But I think we're in this like adult animation renaissance. Dicktown is part of it. Go check it out. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you thank so you. much. Really appreciate that. And well, wait, do you, you want to do you want to plug your socials? Do you want the people to follow you? I'm good. Hmm. What are you Fair on TikTok, enough. David? Yeah, what's your TikTok? <laughs> Actually, I couldn't believe this name was available. <laughs> My TikTok username <laughs> is TikTok Star David. <laughs> TikTok, <laughs> TikTok star, T A R, all one word, yeah. David, okay. I'm, I'm mostly of... using it for musical experiments, though. So I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna download TikTok and follow David. Just follow and David TikTok on TikTok star, David. Yeah. David is also at David Reese on Twitter and at this is David Reese on Instagram. Oh, nice. And David is also the co-host of a great podcast called Election Profit Makers with his old friend from elementary school, John Kimball, down there in North Carolina. Right. This is very, very fun. Gosh, with friends like these, you never need to memorize your own plugs, David. This is amazing. I like this. I, John <laughs> did get my Twitter name wrong, but that's fine because okay. I'm not on Twitter anymore. Is it David underscore Reese? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I got it wrong because it's stupid. Yeah, but t- who wants platform. to be on Twitter? It's sad. I'm on Twitter at Hodgman <laughs> if you ever want to sit around and wait for someone smart like Ashley to <laughs> school me in all my terrible takes. <laughs> yeah. I'll be a better person. That's it's a great where I'll follow. Be. Boom. <laughs> yeah. At Hodgman. And uh, I'm on, I'm on Instagram at John Hodgman and Hodgman, by the way, I don't care because people make some mistake all the time, but you're going to go to the wrong person. It's H O D G M A N. No, no Ian Hodgman. No Ian Hodgman. I host the judge John Hodgman podcast on the maximum fun network. Every Wednesday it comes out. I, I oh, adjudicate yeah. real world disputes with my friend, Jesse Thorne on judge John Hodgman. It's a very fun show. Thank you very much. Yeah. Podcasts. Uh, podcasts. They're great. I mean, there's too much TV, but there's not enough. Not enough. Podcasts, podcasts, yeah, right? I was about to say, talk about something. There's not enough of. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you. I want to thank my guests. So much again for joining me, John and David. What a just what a fun conversation. Ah, oh, yeah, like I said, you gotta watch Dicktown. Oh, God, I love talking about TV with just wonderful people. I hope you had fun today. Next week, you're gonna want to prep. I want you to watch 101 Places to Party Before You Die. I want you to check out some of Ghosts on CBS. Also, Abbott Elementary. You know, it's amazing. Quinta just got her overall deal with Warner Brothers. So go celebrate Abbott Elementary because we're going to get more amazing stuff from her. What a celebration. Uh, And, you know, if you're short on time this week, I'd say the one you got to watch, the thing you got to do, A League of Their Own on Prime Video. It is my pick of the week. You got to do that one. But if you're just trying to, you know, get down, understand, hang with the cool kids, uh, you're going to want to do Industry on HBO Max. That's the show all the cool kids love. I also love it. I think it is so silly and sexy, uh, but the, the kids really like it. 
And if you're needing just some drama, scammer, villain stuff this weekend, I'm going to recommend some documentaries for you. First, there is the series The Con on ABC, which features the wonderful Lacey Mosley from Scam Goddess. So obviously they brought in the pros. And then there is also The Most Hated Man on the Internet on Netflix, which is a really scary, terrifying documentary about this woman who tries to take down uh, one of the world's largest abusers of revenge porn on the internet. Uh, it, it will make you very mad about the patriarchy and men. So those are my top picks of the week. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week. TV I say with Ashley Ray. Another episode, another episode. I'd like to thank my guests again, John Hodgman and David Reese. TV I Say with Ashley Ray is an Earwolf production made by me, Ashley Ray Harris. It's engineered by Marina Pais and produced by Amelia Chapelo. And our original theme song is by Rafia. You can follow me on social media at the Ashley Ray on Instagram and Twitter. Or if you have TV related requests, something you want us to talk about on the podcast, hit us up at TV I Say Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And also TV Club has merch at podswag.com. Look out for cute weed accessories. I'm talking dab pens, grinders, rolling trays. Uh, I got t-shirts so you can show everyone that you love TV Club. Uh, I got t-shirts that say justice for the big leap. Everything you need. Tell your friends about the show. Make sure to rate and review and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. For special TV Club members, join my Patreon. If you want to tell me what to watch, that's the way to do it. Join the Patreon and I will write about whatever you want, talk about whatever you want. I'll watch TV with you if you want. Uh, But you can find my full archive, ad-free episodes of TV I Say over on Stitcher Premium. Use promo code TV I Say, all one word, for a one-month free trial at stitcher.com slash premium. For photos, show notes, transcripts, and more, go to earwolf.com. 